Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome to Why Do You Think You've Got No Friends? My name is Emily Lang. I'm an actress, writer, singer, codependent, and constantly ever-recovering addict. And this is the All Open Podcast, where I and others discuss the moments little too large when we really felt, however briefly and in whatever capacity, like we had no friends. Today we are discussing something that I have had a lot of experience with, changing course. This is also a far more holistic equation than you may assume. I think about it as changing course emotionally, spiritually, energetically. We may think that we are destined for one goal. We imagine our lives turning out a certain way and all our self-worth and self-respect hangs in that image. We may see ourselves in a very specific light and when that gets thwarted, it's like being thrown off a cliff. But... Sometimes, sometimes getting thrown off the cliff is the best thing that can happen to you. Take it from me, who essentially got hurled off Niagara Falls in a barrel. I had to let go of what I thought I wanted, go back to the drawing board and paint a brand new picture. And please don't mistake this for giving up. This, in my opinion, is incredibly brave and leads to a brand new, far more delightful, far more freeing existence. Releasing the attachment to the comic book ending picture that you've drawn up for yourself rids a huge energetic block and you'll be very surprised what comes your way. Again, take it from me, my life has full form tripled in opportunity since I made changes. Thing is though, I wasn't brave enough to jump myself. I was shoved in a barrel and fired out a cannon kicking and screaming. But really, it is probably, if not definitely, the best thing that has ever happened to me. Sometimes we need the push. It hurts like fuck, but it's like poison getting drained from your bloodstream. Jordan and I are discussing all this and more today. So it is the tail end of 2016. I don't remember the tail end of 2016 very well, which probably says a lot about my drinking habits at the time, but it is end of 2016, November, December, winter. And we are starting in Elephant and Castle and then traveling to Hornchurch in Essex. But on this day, Jordan, why do you think you've got no friends? (laughs) I suspect the reason is because of this thing that happened, which was this. So I, I'd done the, I'd done the voice earlier that year. It was really nice, and it was my first big. I brought out my first big single, mm. which you're supposed to wait a little while. You're not supposed to bring out a single straight after because it, it's not allowed to compete with the the winner. So you have to wait a bit. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's part of your. Oh, those bitches! <laughs> but give, give you time to think about it. And I signed with a label earlier that year, and we brought out a single, and it and it didn't do as well as they had hoped, and mm. it got to about. I, rem- I know exactly what it got to. It got to 114, which is one less than Ricky Gervais's fictional bad single. Oh, my God. In 
the office. So then you're like, oh, that's comically if bad. If you don't know me, yeah. why not? And the, got to 113, actually. Um, so I, and then I, I was brought in that morning to the studio in Elephant and Castle to be unceremoniously dropped from the label after I'd put everything into it. It was like, right. but it's all my money as well. It was not, they were not a great label. Um, and so, and then they also said, so yeah, we'll carry on with the second single, but you're going to have to start paying for it now because we're not your label anymore. I'm like, you don't know how to do this at all. But I was very, uh, I'm very English, which is a very stiff upper lip, very yeah. apologising for being dropped from my own label to them. 100%. And then I left and I walked around a lot in Elephant and Castle this was sort of late morning, so I walked down an awful lot because it was dark by the time I got back to Hornchurch where I was staying with my dad. And I just walked into, I was, I walked in front of a car because I thought everything had become empirical numbers. And if it didn't get top 40, I had just failed because it was a number, it was a bigger number than 40 was what my single got to. Yeah. Um, and I was, I just walked, I, I walked out thinking, it's almost an amazing feeling of relief, but also really sad because this is, uh, I, I told my partner about it I went after I met her and she's like, I was like, what a stupid thing I did. And she was like, that was not stupid. It was selfish as as fuck. The silly thing about it was that it just ground to like a really sarcastic halt without even beeping because it was way too far away to get right. me, which means I know, obviously, I'm in my head, I've not walked out in front of a car, inverted commas. I've, I've done a performative gesture to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it didn't even beep and it just waited. And I couldn't see because the headlights were on me, so I couldn't see who was in the car. And I just walked to the other side of the road. And it was a feeling of complete emptiness of like, not that I can't get this right, because I knew it wasn't a sincere attempt at suicide. I'm not, I'm, I'm so lucky and I'm not naive to the fact that I'm, I, was, I went nowhere near that space. Mm. Um, but the whole time, that whole day, I'd sort of been uh, humming what I believed at the time to be the Smiths, there is a light that never goes out. And then when I got to the other side of the road, I realised it wasn't that at all. It was Waltz and Matilda. That, <laughs> So I nearly died in my mind, humming Waltz and Matilda as if I was some mad Australian like, expat. And that was like, that's funny. And the only way I'm going to feel better is if I start sharing how funny that was. And yeah. In the, I'd already thought that I wanted to do comedy, but it had never been serious. And I think other side of that road instantly decided perhaps it was the, it was time to start thinking about that. Wow. Stopped music that night. Didn't do another. Didn't book anything else. I, I, I did my gigs that I was booked in and that I was supposed to do. Yeah. But no, that was the end of music. Wow. And did you feel when you when you dropped it, when you made that decision, was there a sense of relief? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, just dropping everything. Like, the, when you music's my big love mm. as well. It gets right into your guts and everything. It's wonderful music. But that if, if, we, if we were going to use a metaphor of having like a muse on your shoulder, mm, mm. I'd stop listening to it because we just, with the single, we're like, I wonder what people would like to hear that will sell the most possible things. Yeah. And I make a song that sounds nothing like anything I'd listen to yeah. in my life. To, loads of producers, we got loads of money, my money, so it wouldn't, we wouldn't get some, I spent loads of money. And when you get loads of money, you forget how to be creative. You're yeah. like, well, let's just spend the money to do the best thing, whatever that means. Yeah, do the most commercial thing, the thing that's going to get the yeah. numbers and the likes and the shares. Yeah. And suddenly, and, and then it becomes totally devoid of any kind of like personality and you really yeah. de- um, detach from it. 100%. Yeah. It was- and, the, oh God, this thing that was meant to be so beautiful and so passionate and your dream is, is that turned into something else. They just put a donk on it, as the kids would say. Just A donk on it? That's what you used to say in the early noughties or whatever. It was like, if you put a donk, there was a song called Put a Donk on It, which means it's, the music's great, but it's missing something. Put a donk on it. And that's what they did. They turned it into a dance song and all the all the soul went out of it and it became very quantized, as we say in musical terms, yeah. melodyne to buggery. Yeah. So it didn't sound like me vocally or anything else. Um, yeah, so it was supposed to be a big expression of I've waited all this time to bring out the first big thing. Mm. And I'd done seven albums before that, like before anyone knew who I was, that I loved, that were very sincere and lo-fi. And then this thing came out that's like a spaceship of a song that didn't <laughs> sound like anything. And it's horrible. And and I've, and it's like my muse was gone. My little angel music, whatever it is, mm. weren't there anymore. And it still hasn't come back. I don't, and I, I do musical comedy now for a living and I love it. Yeah. Um, the love of music hasn't come back, and it's my fault. And I, I, I blame myself for abusing it. Are you associating music with with that experience? When it's like, does it feel tainted? I'm an actress, and it is my great, great love, yeah. great love. And the most frustrating times and the most upsetting times are when I felt like it doesn't love me back. Right, that's so nice way of putting it. That's it. Yeah. But 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 you feel like it's unrequited love that you suddenly got. Yeah. But, but do you feel entitled to that love? And that's it. I, I, I feel like I'm not entitled to it now having 
abused the music. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I made it jump through a million hoops and yeah. like I bastardized it and truncated it into this weird thing. Mm. Why would it want to come back? So I've got to coax <laughs> it back by being like, I promise I'm just going to... I promise I've changed. Yeah, I'll stick a seventh in there. I'll, it <laughs> don't have to be commercial. Don't worry. It'd be nice. Um, we can we can go out of time. We can do some interesting loops and stuff. Yeah, let's rediscover each other. It's yeah. fine. I'm a different person now. You're a different person now. Oh, we're gonna that's come back nice. Together. That's already made me feel better when yeah. you said that. That's cool. Because I had... I was also... I'm transgender. So I mm. transitioned at the time. But it felt... It was so early days. I Even even from then to now, I feel like I'm a different person. So actually, that's kind of nice. I could trick music yeah. and be like... I'm not. That, I'm not that person anymore. You don't. You know who the You're hell thinking I am. about my cousin. My cousin. <laughs> you are mistaken. <laughs> music. Do you work on commission? <laughs> Big mistake. Huge. And then leave. <laughs> <laughs> and then leave. <laughs> Just leave your own music. I'm sorry. I feel bad. <laughs> Wait. What? What's the film called? What pretty, pretty woman? woman? That's it. Okay, I don't know. Why I forgot the name. <laughs> Yeah, you work on commission, I'm going right? to do a pretty woman to my own brain yeah. and see if it takes the bluff. Yeah. I do have plans to bring music, to do some more music. I'd love Childish Gambino's career. I'd love a, a, a musical that career be... alongside the comedy and the writing. Yeah, amazing. It's sort of a weird when you're involved in this. In the start, and I've had this discussion before, and actually Tom Lucy and I talked about it, um, that when you are so invested in something, it does become the entirety of your identity. And then mm. when it's lost in some way or um, is what's the word I'm looking for, wobbled or, you know, um, something's yeah, it's yeah, a bit, it's a bit yeah. fickle, you're, you're just... Interrupted a bit. And, you you yeah. then don't know what your identity is and you're constantly searching for something and you're going, oh, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Wait, what were the moments then that that we fell out, not fell out of love with acting, but you felt like perhaps it, you weren't as connected to it? Um, I felt so... I was just... All of my self-worth was going on, whether I was working or not. And I had right. my first agents were incredibly powerful, but very scary. Um, and I w- and I did work a lot, but um, and I was very very lucky. But I was I was just very frightened. I was constantly frightened and had so much anxiety. Um, and I'm I'm starting my my agent now. I absolutely adore. She's fucking incredible. Um, but my feeling now having had the experiences that I've had, is that I'm going, it's already written. It's already, it's, when I go to an audition, when I do a tape, when I'm filming, I used to be like, oh my God, is this going to go well? Is this, this going to go terribly? And now I'm like, it's already happened. Right, okay, that's So great. it's kind yeah. of going, um, you know, if, if it goes badly, it was meant to go badly. And if it goes well, it was meant to go well. And what will come will come at the right time. And I've kind of just released, released control over it. And once I've, release the control over my acting career far more has come my way and I don't feel the anxiety I remember someone spoke to me the other day they were like are you getting auditions and I was like uh yeah didn't but didn't even think about it right it doesn't sort of um it's not on my register anymore but there was this big time when I was like this thing I loved I loved it so much and I remember going to the theatre and I was alone in the theatre or like on stage being like I miss you (laughs) why don't you love me and it was just it was so dramatic and now I'm I I've found I've refound my love for it but um that makes me happy to hear that yeah that that that's possible definitely oh, I, I 100% but I'm such a believer in things happening for a reason I mean it's it's interesting you the way you talk about it about you know the fact that you felt like you abused it and you abused the um the relationship so look at yeah looking I looked away for too long yeah at loads of people taking pictures physically and metaphorically yeah and then look back and it had flown away yeah, I do think yeah, of it yeah. as like a little bird um, it was sort of the not um not cherishing I, I start I started to not cherish it so I did not appreciate yeah, it yeah that's it and um, and then it became it just became something different. It became about it became about being famous. It became about a bigger job. It yeah. became about yeah, yeah. this rather than the actual thing that had started it all, which was just just incredible, incredible love. Um, and uh, I feel like I've refound that, which is great. Um, so yeah, it's definitely possible. The, uh, there was I remember earlier moments in my career as a musician. So post voice, well, basically when you're, when you're transgender and you're on reality TV, mm. it's really easy to book you for every single pride festival up and down the country. Cause you're right. cheap. You fit the bill and you really want to <laughs> like play. So I've done every single pride at times during the pride where I'd be up there performing to essentially the most excitable people on yeah, the planet. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. so happy to be there. Yeah. And it's, and I'm not feeling that. And I'd be given a 20% energy performance, but my face doesn't change and my performance doesn't change. It's just that my heart changes. Yeah. That I, and that's 
scary and horrible because they didn't give a 20% response. They'd give 100%, this is exactly what. So when I'm feeling 100% or 20%, the response is the same. Mm. And that's a horrible feeling. It's like, oh, hang on, so feelings don't mean anything then. It's just performative. I, I could be the tin man up there. Yeah. Um, just doing the, going through the motions. Yeah. Um, and I already quit music a couple of times in the past because of that, like temporarily, like, well, I can't do this anymore then. Yeah. Comedy is the opposite of that because you have to be so present. I can't, you can't go into autopilot on comedy because then it stops being funny. And yeah. If, and if you don't hear the laughs, then get them back. And that's, have, that's why it's okay. Have you ever had an experience with a comedy where um, where you've played to a slightly dead room or it just hasn't landed? Yeah, and that's funny as well. It is really it's funny. funny. <laughs> and and I, a lot of maybe less experienced comedians, and I'm not that experienced, but like they'll point that out and they'll go, well, this worked last week. Mm. And th- to the audience, and I'm like, that's not how you win people over. Yeah. <laughs> like you're basically saying you're not understanding. Well, this. do you not get it? People yeah. last week got it, you like, idiots. Yeah, it, sometimes it works. Most of the time, it don't. I just think it's that's a funny. The, you'll get a laugh from pointing out that it's not working. Yeah, a yeah. A brand yeah. new comedian, the first time, so many brand new comedians, they take their five on, they rattle through like just verbatim, not even in eye contact, and yeah. no laughs until the moment they go well this isn't working is it and then the audience goes oh thank god you said oh something oh my gosh thank you thank you uh, and thank then you. you're like we relate to you again yeah. and then that's it and that, that's a transformative moment that was for me as well yeah. I've been very lucky my first few gigs I got off the ground running it was fine but yeah. the, the times where I point out like I didn't work yeah 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 yeah. it's a bit of humility even if playing a high status character I play someone that thinks that they're better than they are sort of essentially yeah and, it, and to show people a peek behind that character and for a bit of humility it doesn't hurt once in a while to that's do strange that. vision but there is there's um as an audience watching it there is a lot of safety when someone just goes like oh fuck yeah. some, and then you're not because um watching uh watching someone who doesn't feel safe on stage or is 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 noticeably frightened is uh you you as an audience like because you you want well, people vicariously well. through them as well we yeah. don't want them to be upset but we're supposed to be the hero of who we put ourselves like TV. We put ourselves in the protagonist's shoes subconsciously yeah. as we're watching, and there's only one person on the stage at a comedy night. You're yeah. sort of them for a bit. Yeah, yeah. They're feeling. I think that I get a nice response. People leave so joyful from my shows because I'm joyful, not because I've engineered yeah. something special. I'm just having such a great time. You'd have to be a stony-hearted bastard to watch me, which is what essentially I'm a six-foot toddler jumping around, <laughs> having the best time. You'd really have to to not leave thinking at, at least. Yeah, you literally there. have a heart of stone yeah. to not come out and just feel like a semblance of joy and happiness. Yeah. If you see someone leave my show without a smile, they need to be rec- recruited for yeah. the CIA because yeah, they've if- got a special skill set. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey is, at this point, um, chewing on and clawing the corner of the table and it's because of their size and I didn't want to misgender your cat. Is it a girl? He's a boy. A little boy. Um, it's at that size, it's really adorable. Any bigger, it'd be a menacing. <laughs> it's really the sweet. The funniest thing about Mickey, and this is like, <laughs> is that he, he, so he's cross Menko and Ragdoll, meaning he's going to be fucking massive. Oh. He's going to be a monster. And yet, he has the highest pitch meow I have ever heard in my entire life. And my God, I never, I never want it to change because I think it would just be so funny. And also, he never likes to be more than about three inches away from my face at all times. Yeah. So I don't know how we're going to handle this in future. But he is, like, he's just a little fluff ball. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. weigh anything. You can see he's like a snowflake. And he just-, <laughs> just let, if you let him go, I think he'd fall slowly to the ground. Hello. Oh, standing on his little two feet. Assisted, I should point out, not of his own volition. Just walking around. That's a little top hat. That's amazing. (laughs) God, he's reading a little book. That's so clever. Mickey, Smoking a little pipe. That's amazing. He's got little headphones on. Quick. (laughs) Put him on. Get him on the podcast. (laughs) Just fish me out. Look at him. He's just, he's, I sort of have a lot of content on my Instagram about Mickey, so I don't know if any listeners sort of know about that. But he is like, he is fiercely codependent. Do you notice a marked difference in your stress levels having a cat around? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, and also coming home and there's someone that here. wants you to be there. Oh, that's my wife says that. My wife's my favourite person in the world, which is, which is a nice coincidence. <laughs> um, but I think of her as like, so all she wants out of life mm. is coffee, good coffee, and for somebody to want her to be around. She doesn't want anything else. So I've got her the best coffee machine I could find. That's done. All I've got to do now is just constantly make sure she knows how much I want her to be there she my life is grand I've got the, she has made my life so much better and I'm glad that 
I didn't go through all that horror. No, I mean, I was with her. It was early days. I met yeah. her just before I did The Voice. Oh, and really? So, yeah, but she didn't know that I stepped in front of a car till after, like a long time after. Mm. Um, and I'm so glad that she had, that she didn't coddle me about it. She was just like, that was the most selfish thing you've ever done. And that's so true. Yeah. But at the time, you don't, you don't know that. At the time, of course. But yeah, in um, in hindsight, in hindsight is 2020. And I always say it's, a, hindsight is quite a powerful shamer. <laughs> right, yeah, um, yeah. Because when you have the knowledge and the awareness and you're suddenly like, Oh fuck! Yeah, oh, it fuck. gets you. Oh, that gets me in the fucking gonads. But like, it's 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 difficult. No one, I don't think anyone really knows. Particularly, there is no real correct response to you know when when you when you tell someone that you did something like that. Yeah. And even though you said it wasn't a direct attempt, yeah. it was it was like a flicker of something. The relief was real when I thought everything was all the lights were going to get switched out. That was a real relief, and that, yeah. I couldn't be further removed from that now. Yeah, the, the I, I love constantly working and creating that's like a joy yeah. the idea of the the alternative being nothing at a certain point was appealing because everything was hard mm. the idea the alternative being nothing when you're having a good time is obviously not yeah you're great. like fuck that absolutely yeah. not i want something if anything yeah <laughs> well lots of things and also because then you remember it's um but often say when you're in that really bad patch when you're in that bad moment it's like telling someone who's really cold to just imagine being hot right and right. to make you feel better and you can't and you're so you can't imagine yourself out of that place as hard as you try and like wish it it just yeah. doesn't happen I'll just watch or warm my hands on your great advice <laughs> oh. that warm glow Caitlin Moran always says, says then she's got this amazing thing that she put out which was a letter to her daughter like a, a fake posthumous letter to her daughter right. um and then she says something like be be a, a, a glowing light and people will move towards you so they can read better and I was like <laughs> that's sweet that's really nice yeah I like that how far that metaphor is stretched yeah. and then you have to think of what it yeah, yeah. that's sweet that's the, the, the lump yeah she's a so I, I was sort of thinking like try and sort of live my life that way but it's it's these moments that feels so terrible and scary. And I imagine, I mean, I, I can't speak for it, but I imagine going into the label that morning was really frightening. Or was it yeah. more stressful or just like... I, I had a feeling it was... I, well, actually, you know, it was sort of an ambush, but then what else are they going to do? It was... I thought it was a chat about how about damage control. I thought it was going to be like, how do we get the sales up and stuff? And it was just the most unceremonious... Yeah. And there was a plan laid out. We had a plan to do two more singles within the same pricing structure and all this stuff. It had been really mm. specific. And there was mm. like, this isn't going to work. I'm like, whoa. <sighs> and thinking, I'd borrowed so much money from my dad to do a music video and mm. everything as well. Um, that was like, how am I ever going to pay this back if the label isn't even bothered about pushing mm. that? I don't have the infrastructure to sell loads of singles to people. Mm. Um, and why would you as well? It's like, that's not how the music industry works nowadays. Mm. You, nobody makes money from the music itself until you're streaming no, it, you know what? Even then, you don't. It's the, everything else around. It's the live. It's the touring. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> did you feel? Um, did you feel a certain amount of? Because I know I, I felt this, but a certain amount of shame surrounding the fact that this thing that you'd done wasn't living up to expectations. Oh, that was the yeah. That's yeah. the impetus for sure. Walking in front of a car was because yeah. I had a very clear goal. Didn't match that goal. I was, I was given a number. It was forty. If you if the number were of you, the single were, hits were forty you or given, less. You were given that. That wasn't something that you came up with. Yeah, that was our sort of collective goal of right, okay. we, we want to break the top 40. It was like the whole hinge, the whole stupid thing of the first transgender person to get a top 40 single in the UK. Mm. And then it was like, oh, I think somebody's already done that. All right, <laughs> the top, the first trans, openly transgender person to get a top 40 single on this specific chart since the 80s. And it just became more and more specific to the point where it had no meaning. Yeah. Um, it's this fabricated goal. Someone's just like, someone's made that up and then suddenly it becomes the most important thing. It became the only thing, yeah. yeah. And I'd, I'd be like, no, it was just numbers. I, I, I do remember almost like um, the agents from The Matrix where they just see the numbers of everything. I remember walking around thinking, I see the, the likes and the numbers on everything I'm doing. Mm. Um, unhealthy, but the brain is the most amazing problem-solving thing. So it just gets good at what it does all the time, obviously. The same way when you're playing Guitar Hero and then you close your eyes and your eyes are sort of still going up. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Or like Tetris. <laughs> yeah. You're, my brain's just around, just seeing numbers of, yeah. of what's a good number and what's bad and, and hearts flying around and little likes and thumbs up and thumbs down. Yeah. Because that's all I was looking at. And then letting that slowly fade away was very, very nice. Yeah. But you, you get to the point where the brain is adapted to it so much you can't even like breathe in a, the smell of a park mm. and feel like you're outside anymore. That's yeah. what it felt like. It was like there's no room for extraneous information it was numbers 
targets, money, maybe a bit of music, yeah. which is definitely the wrong way around. It just becomes so dissociated That's from it. everything, yeah. completely dissociated. And everything revolves around this thing and it's taking all of your energy. And it's great. I love that you said that doing comedy, you have to be incredibly present because in those moments when it's all about the numbers, you're anything but present. Like I, mm. I've, I found times when I've been waiting on, on like back in, back in the day, when I was waiting on whether I was going to get a part or something, nothing, I couldn't taste food. Things right, like right, right. you can't, all your senses go away and there's... um. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There's a type of uh, therapy called dialectical behavioral therapy, DBT. Um, and that is essentially like doing your way out of um, feeling feeling triggered or dissociated or or whatever, where you where you bring yourself back to the present by like tangible things using your senses. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and, uh, and I found that so useful in the moments when I've been like, uh, the stress or the numbers and the likes, I'm now going to go and look at this flower. <laughs> And, and just tell yourself there's a... F- okay, that... So you go know. like, okay, what are five things I can see? What are four things I can hear? What are three things I can Like, okay, feel? like a panic attack advice. It's, exactly, okay, so it's yeah. Like DBT. Yeah, DBT. Because yeah. um, uh, CBT, cognitive behavioural therapy, I've actually discussed this with Rob, Rob Lonsdale, is it like thinking your way out of it? Yeah, and my, DBT. My, uh, my lovely wife, she's uh, she's training to be a... A therapist. Oh my god! So she she loves the CBT. She loves the talking therapies. The interpersonal. I can't remember them all. Oh, the, the interpersonal family system, interfamily system. Some, yeah, she's she's across all that stuff, and I'm fascinated by it. But she, I love being with somebody that knows more about. Like, I love a specialist. I mm, love a specialist. I'm mm. a specialist. I've chosen one thing to do my whole career: do songs, do some comedy. It's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. So when you meet someone like, yeah, that's her thing. She wants to. She wants to look after people in a very specific way to do with their brains. That, yeah. That's nice. It's this moment of being, because being to drop from this label and then that move forward and that decision to step away from it and the relief that then followed. It's funny how the universe, it's always, it always blows my mind how the universe throws these things at us. And it's almost like the image I always see in my head is like a shedding of skin and it burns to fuck. It's so horrible and painful, but then right. you emerge from it because you get thrown these horrible things, whether they be breakups or, um, you know, you get fired or whatever. This terrible thing happens. You get burnt to fuck. You emerge and actually it changes your life completely. And then yeah. you're so grateful for this experience in the end. Well, if you've got the wherewithal like you did to reappropriate aspects of it into something creative and meaningful, mm. you're putting fuel behind this podcast now and these conversations. Oh, and that the impetus was the the breakup. So mm. the 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 reappropriating it is very important, but it takes a you can't just you can't just do that. You have to want to. Do oh, you it. have to really really yeah, want to yeah, do yeah. it. And there was a time when I was just like nope, nope, yeah. nope. And also when then I decided to do it, I definitely my first instinct was not doing it for me. It was for do, doing it for other people because I I felt like uh-huh. I'd made such a fool of myself that I had fucked over so many people. I'd made so many mistakes. I was like, I need to do something to show them. It's almost like self-flagellation of going, like punishing myself or doing things for other people. And I was like, oh, fuck that. And <laughs> just like, I went, oh no, this this can be for me and take ownership over the story and use, use words and um, creatively kind of, talk about this stuff and and help other people if you yeah. can um and that's and that's incredibly powerful but fuck me it hurt it yeah. hurts so much but you know with this podcast we we picked the moment that was 
that was tough, where, whatever it be, in whatever capacity. And then, do, do you, you have like, people? Have you had people on that for whom that that tough moment, the wound isn't is still open? Like, not that obviously things still yeah. hurt in the memory, but but there's been no resolution. It's it's like even not if it was necessarily recent, but it's just something that's clearly still open. That's yeah. It. Not to. I mean, I was going to say let's not mention them, but they've been on the podcast, <laughs> so they'd be quite happy to. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some there are there's been a couple of people who are that's an ongoing yeah okay. thing for them right. Um, that's a whole different thing, I guess. Yeah. So because you for you so it hurts, and you the way you talk about it clearly it, mm. you hit that same space. You've you've filed that. It's like biochemically filed that hurt into the same space, mm, mm. but but it, it feels like there's a strong amount of resolution and mm, mm. not compartmentalization actually worked through that you've done. Mm. So then talking to people for whom it's completely still yeah, for whom it's like um, they're aware of it, they're aware of yeah. what's what's happening and what they're feeling and the issues that they're struggling with, but they're still they still haven't harnessed them. And like I, there are I sort of you know talk about this like um like I know everything and I'm fully healed I'm working not there are days when I I'm like oh god no 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 it's today is not the one um <laughs> I'd be I'm so suspicious of people that are entirely oh that believe themselves to be well adjusted anyone who <laughs> refers themselves as healed in the past tense I'm like you no man no. something um my friend told me the other day that he, he went on a date with someone who said that they'd completed therapy wow <laughs> Okay. I was like, oh, cool. Like, I didn't understand. Fucking Mavis Beacon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't go to therapy. They, they, whatever they went to was not therapy. That was yeah. not therapy, man. Um, but yeah, it's. I think the awareness is is always the first step of going, of n- the knowledge of going, I'm not my feelings. I'm not, the things I'm telling myself are not necessarily true. That's nice. Because yeah. for so long I was like, the ang- you, you know, assume that your brain is on your side all the time and... So when you're getting when you're getting told these things, you know you believe that they're true, and then you just become a mess of, become a puddle of shit. Oh God! Don't say yourself short. Oh no, no. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I went yeah. out. I, I, my rock yeah. bottom was a ball of fire. I went out in flames. Yes. It was, it was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> That's that other thing, isn't it? Sorry to interrupt. No, no. That thing of not, not taking away someone's ownership of how badly they nosedived. Mm. Like for for me to intuitively want to be like. Oh come on! Don't like yeah. don't worry. Yeah, no. Let you've got to let people feel that it's their thing, their experience. Mm. I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the thing I've also had to get a, a harness on. This is one of the reasons why I asked about the shame and the thing surrounding. You know, you felt if you felt embarrassed or um, I don't want also don't want to put these things on you. Like, like no, that's, a, that's a real fair assessment. Yeah, it's embarrassment. Um, yeah. Embarrassment of and all my stuff was about other people's opinions and going. Um, oh fuck! I failed in their eyes. Um, yeah, in terms of reappropriating it. Mm. Sorry again to interrupt. No, no, no. I, I love it. This is what it's all about. Um, I, so I'm the oldest of my family, and my my siblings are so vastly funnier and smarter and more talented than I am. But I just happen to be the first one. So you get all the resource. Literally, I got really expensive baby food, and then we went from being sort of lower middle class to lower class for my second, my brother. So he got shit food. <laughs> So my brain is literally better fueled than his brain. Either way, my point is that I got these opportunities. If I wanted to be a creative person and do like acting when I was little and then singing, it was Mm -hmm. like that was, of course. And then the second child and the third child that wants to do it, they they don't just have a shadow because I've got Mm. two years on them. They've also got just the funds and, oh, well, Jordan tried to do it. So we can't, we're not going to pay for three acting classes. I mean, you do, but, um, but now, why was I bringing that up? Because the the embarrassment, I was always on a pedestal and I didn't, I, I hadn't failed until that point. I, I, things were harder and took a long time, but I came straight out of school and music, I was. it was like a story. I, the story behind my story was that nothing has ever, had ever gone wrong and that was the first time that I overreached. Right. And it was an overreach and it didn't work. And I needed that, but it, I didn't have any skill set to deal with it. So mm-hmm. now I overreach all the time because I know how it, it's that, that you survive it. Mm-hmm. The ceiling's not going to fall in if I fail. Um, so I'm much more keen to take big risks and overreach, um, which... Like you were saying earlier about mm. the confidence in a in a in a, in a casting call or mm, like mm. you know you know everything's going to be fine yeah therefore my overreaching there's a positive feedback loop of they usually it all works yeah because I'm not scared of it not yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and the greatest compliment I can ever give anybody is fearlessness if I think if I consider someone fearless I'm yeah. just like that is the fucking coolest thing anybody can be yeah. um, and sometimes you do just have to overreach and on, and often if you've gone to a point where it's just so shit yeah yeah so bad that you're like 
well, I've got nothing. I've got nothing left. Then, but things aren't as frightening anymore because yeah. you're like, are you trying to scare me? <laughs> Yeah, like no, that's yeah. not scary anymore and it becomes this kind of and it becomes a little bit like a superpower as, as fucking awful as it is when you're going through it um it it just like you harness this this amazing kind of power of Absolutely. going this like it's like the power of just fuck it it's fine whatever happens it's going to be okay and even like starting this podcast if i'd done this before and uh, I definitely would have been so concerned about people going i don't like it even if even if i didn't like them and didn't think their values were the same i'd be like oh god and now i'm just like okay <laughs> if you don't like it yeah that's, that's okay fine. it's not, not for you yeah like i'd like it if you did for your sake because it's nice yeah because it's really nice that's, that is the best super that's the thing i'm killing with kindness i used to do it performatively like fake it till you make it now i love everyone so much yeah because life is short and it and it behooves me to love everyone because it makes me feel good. Yeah, yeah, so if someone yeah, yeah. really doesn't like the fact that I'm transgender, maybe, for example, that's probably the most common one, I'm like, oh, man, I know, it's mad, isn't it? Oh, that's, I wish that you did because that would be better. For, so it'd be, it'd make oh. everything nicer. But It would be better for you and also you yeah. wouldn't be really wasting this energy on something that doesn't really... That doesn't it doesn't matter like... to you. Like, but I'm all right and I hope that I'm just going to keep doing... I hope you don't mind, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Namaste. Namaste, man. <laughs> and it feels great. And, it, yeah. and there's not a pinch of irony about it. No. There, there used to be because it's a defence mechanism. Now I'm like life is I mean maybe I'm just I, I'm not naive to the fact I'm very privileged I my favorite thing to describe to describe my life is I'm well I'm never not going to be working class despite how much money I, I've suddenly started earning <laughs> I'll always be working class and and so you've got that superpower of the fuck it anyway because you just have to have to deal yeah, with yeah, stuff, got resourcefulness yeah. but also everything's so great that I don't know like I talk talking to anyone it's like I'm always coming at everything from underneath mm, mm. like I don't feel any privilege over anybody, but my life happens to be going amazing. So mm. I have to keep checking myself that, yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a really privileged position. I but it does mean you can just love everything all the time. But it's such a great mentality because I sort of experience people who genuinely think that they're better than everybody else, mainly because of the fact that they were born into money or, um, you know, they're blonde. I'm just like... <laughs> I, often those two things coincide. Often those two <laughs> no, I'm kidding. One I rarely goes about the other. <laughs> Honestly, when I said it, I didn't even know that meant... <laughs> Like, as I, I, was I implying that people that have money can afford to dye their yeah. hair? Or that blondness, maybe the Scandinavian gene comes with money? <laughs> she don't know what that oh, means. There's nothing I haven't gone inside. Yeah. <laughs> it was said with such confidence as well. Yeah, yeah that's the thing about being a comedian. You can just figure out the answer later after you've said it. Um, but that kind of, that mentality of thinking that, that they're better than everybody else, I'm like, you fucking idiot. Like, yeah. and you're missing out on so much. And yeah. it's just, it's... And the, the amount of energy just wasted and where are you putting it? I don't know. I just like, I don't, but I do, you know, everyone, everyone do you, boo-boo. I'm just kind of like, I try not to feel sorry for people because everyone's on their own journey and everyone's making themselves happy. Yeah, absolutely. What use is that going to do for anybody? And mm. people that get to a place of safety and security and then put a lot of energy into conserving that place. I, I see the, I see, I empathise with wanting to do that, mm. but that's a waste of your energy. Staying open, you get mm. to a place where you sort of, more um right okay as an analogy i always think of myself as a cartoon character because it helps yeah um rather than being bulletproof and building the most bulletproof shield i sort of much more feel like uh you could drop an anvil on me i'm like it's sort of like rubbery and i like, love that yeah it's it's like so open yeah but, and malleable that nothing can really squish you can just be stretched and squished rather yeah. than a, bu a bulletproof sort of shield something rigid and sort of um and, and almost fragile that can be like broken is so tense yeah that's so tense maybe yeah. and me, maybe even more like like a transparent sort of like bullet go through me metaphorically before it would bounce off me because yeah. there's no there's no shield yeah anymore. yeah yeah um so i don't know what i'm at risk at maybe of getting hoovered up if we're using <laughs> a, if we're using a ghost analogy <laughs> if, if, if casper the friendly ghost is taught me anything <laughs> The, I've got an image of those Henry Hoovers and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I went to do, tell an anecdote about Henry Hoover that I realised most people have probably told in their life, so there's no need to. No, you can well, probably fathom it. it. Well, you know, I'm a transgender person, which means I've got uh, novel equipment <laughs> and obviously like 90% of the generation, there was a time, I'm sure, where my bits went into a Henry Hoover. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Because it's got a, a personality. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. No, I actually, I spoke to someone about this not yeah. long ago. Yeah, and they were kind of like the amount of... <laughs> 
amount of goo that must have been in that hoover bag. Oh, no, didn't go that far. <laughs> My gosh. Um, I, don't, I, felt, I don't know why I felt comfortable bringing that up, uh, the nature of the podcast. Yeah. But, but I also, because I, I imagine that's so common, with yeah. Henry specifically. Yeah, because it does it, it's got eyes. It's got a little face. There's a story there. There's a narrative. You feel like, yeah. <laughs> Dear Penthouse. There's a, yeah, he's got a little face. And there's, and there's Henrietta Hoover's. It's a bit for everybody. <laughs> the, the gender binary is there. Oh, my God. There was a big one as well. There's a big angry green. Henry. There was a big angry. What was it? Was he called something different? Industrial. Like, like, no. Just, probably. <laughs> like an industrial Henry. That's what it was for. It was for like, I don't know, getting leaves and gravel and stuff. It's for hoovering up like squirrels and things. It was was really big outdoor Henry. Industrial. Um, And I don't think that, I mean, that would have been overkill if anything. Did definitely. The the width of his schnoz didn't didn't require. (laughs) He barely touched the sides. Bless him. Ah, room to swing a cane. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we've got we have discussed it um pretty much in its entirety about like about the really good things that came from this and the fact that you found that in that moment you found comedy and yeah. um and oh, your life just changed brilliant and now you're living this life that is just like wonderful. Um at this point I like to talk about and ask this question and often it often people are very uncomfortable with it. But um what <laughs> what are the things about you that you particularly cherish and love? Thing that <clears throat> that is the same reason why I got so obsessed with the numbers. Mm. The thing I, I really like about myself is I I le- my brain learns very, very quickly, mm. especially if I want to do something. Um I'd be so confident that if I had to learn archery tomorrow for a part I'd put so much willpower into it that I'd be fine I by the end of the week I fucking love that yeah, I, I can, but that also means that you obsess over that one specific I got really good at looking at numbers which is not particularly useful but I got really good at it I can learn really fast so I, whenever we pitch in TV and stuff or whatever mm. I always I, I can confidently look people in the eye and be like if you wanted me to do this mm. I'll, I'll just do it. it whatever it is it will work because I can learn that skill mm. um, I think that comes at a risk of a detriment of being slightly disassociated all the time and getting slightly well known doesn't help with that either. Mm, mm, mm. Keep waking up in the middle of my actual day, being like, "Where am I?" Yeah, like, I don't know where yeah. I am, but like, I didn't realize I'd got to this point. Yeah, you just get so focused into something that things yeah. don't exist around. But yeah, I can, and and also my poor wife, bless her, I come home and I'm not giving her the emotional attention that I would want mm. because my brain is still on like figuring out a story, plot, whole structure. Mm, mm, um, mm. But yeah, I like I like how quickly I, f- I learn fast and I work really hard. Yeah, that, I like that. I think that's such a that's such a brilliant thing to acknowledge about yourself when you are a hard worker, yeah. because um, I often think it goes it goes unnoticed within yourself unless it's unless it's something that you've really had to change. Um, but then you acknowledge you're like I'm now working really hard. But if you are a hard worker, it's just a part of you. And so then to find to a go, oh no, I'm a really hard worker, and that's oh, a really brilliant man. thing. That's just really, that's a genuinely a little bit of an emotional moment there. Oh. This is a magical podcast. This is so good because that's really made me emotional. That If you're talking about it in a narrative sense, the, th- mm. oh, that's really emotional. I'm not going to go cry. Oh, no, I, I cried last week. You're absolutely allowed no, to cry because okay. I'll cry too. Yeah. You cry. It's that thing of the thing that the moment was that I placed all my value mm. onto an external thing it seems so obvious to say it but it was like mm. a number hitting mm. a number mm. now I place all my value on how much effort I put in yeah I put that effort in before but I didn't acknowledge a single bit of that effort because yeah. we didn't hit the number so it was all went away yeah. now if we failed at anything I'd be like yeah but I, I'm but the but I fucking tried and like I worked hard yeah the, the hard work it doesn't go away if yeah. you don't hit an arbitrary goal yeah. that's so nice that 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 full circle journey has happened. I don't remember, it didn't switch. It must have been incremental. Otherwise I'd have known. Mm, mm. That's amazing. That's really got me. That's oh. probably got me. Yeah. Oh, my heart. <laughs> oh, that's nice to, Ooh. thanks for that. That's no, really cool. Um, no, because I just think, I, I love, I really love this segment of the podcast because they, because a lot of the times sort of people maybe discover something about themselves that they didn't know or they pick apart that, something that has before gone unnoticed and uncherished. That's it, yeah. Um, and, Finding those little corners yeah. of um, of joy and, and beauty within within you, I just think is is so powerful and magical. And you, uh, yeah, you can just sort of you walk away with a little bit more of a glow thinking about yourself. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And leaning yeah, yeah. into those things then, I mean, if that's the thing that, feel feeling proud of something which is in short supply nowadays because yeah. we're told sort of not to and we're yeah. told that don't excel too much, don't reach beyond. What's that quote from um, David Bowie's character in The Prestige? Man's <laughs> reach exceeds his grasp. You ever see The Prestige? No, I haven't seen it. He plays Nikolai Tesla, the guy that, oh, I was right. going to say the guy that invented electricity. <laughs> the, the, the mysterious electrician man. <laughs> Um, and it's like there's a quote about man's reach exceeding his grasp and he's like that's not true man's grasp exceeds his nerve Mm. so basically like saying yeah these people are too scared to take the step it's not that the the arrogance it's actually more about Mm, the mm. fear of going way beyond that yeah yeah Um, um yeah it often sort of feels like you're sort of standing on a on a cliff with your eyes shut going i'm gonna take this. that feeling is very cool i love that existential dread that we get of like it's not that you're going to fall, it's that you could choose to f- jump off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very powerful feeling. That what That is that classic thing of we're not afraid of our limitations, we're afraid of our excessive power. Yeah. At any moment we could go radioactive and that's, a, yeah. that's amazing. Embracing that is is how you get a well-rounded person, but it's also how you get a supervillain. Oh, yeah, so yeah, you yeah, have yeah. To, yeah. You have to, a little bit of self-doubt is good to breed that eventually for you to get to that point. The yeah. self-doubt is a corrective measure. yeah. Am I a good person? Yeah, yeah, Okay, that's good, because you should always question if you're a good person. Mm. You want to end up with the answer being yes Mm -hmm. um, and being proud of that, but Mm. it's good to question you. Just have a a little check-in on your values and see what's important. That's a nice way of saying it. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I think uh, I now operate, because I I used to really operate with this black and white mentality, like all or nothing, just like diving straight in, and now just taking a pause and going okay, if I do this, if I engage in this behaviour, is this in line with this particular set of values? Is this going to benefit me and other people? If it's not, then I'm just going to take a step back and yeah. go home to my cat, um, who's I'm now holding like a baby, just so everybody oh, yeah. knows. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, right, listeners, a, a paw has reached out and touched a nose. I will say that it was Mickey's paw, like to be... <laughs> To, as a, it's being an audio medium it's still there it's still little there. leathery <laughs> leathery things he lets me touch his paws and it's oh sorry baby um, oh that's adorable it's uh, like it's, it's so young that it's almost like pouring liquids out of a glass oh yeah it's like Ooh. it's got no spine <laughs> he's like um, flubber <laughs> that's, the, that's not the nichest reference but it sort of felt so niche Flubber. Like, Did not expect to be talking about Flubber tonight. That's great. I had a crush on that robot. <laughs> I loved that robot because they had a weird sexual chemistry. That those two. It was like he sort of made himself a little wife. This is something to admit. I properly. I can't explain it. I've I've, I've never said it on a podcast. I've mm. said it to my friends. I, I I loved Robot Wars, and I had a, a feeling, a tingle mm. about Hypnodisc. That was indistinguishable from a sexual attraction. <laughs> I was probably like 12 or 13. I didn't know why I liked it so much, but I just see it and go, oh, it's so, like, it can achieve things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It can spin so fucking fast. Fuck me, it's running fuck. And it wasn't that I was going to do anything with it. It's like Henry. That, no, that was different. Henry's a different thing because it's got an orifice that works. <laughs> Hypnosis, you wouldn't want to go anywhere near that thing. I just loved it yeah, yeah, as yeah. a partner. You just get this, like, you attach this this thing to it and it becomes, you sort of personify it in yeah. this way and it becomes, like, really magnetic. And it was winning. It was achieving. Oh, yeah. It was, it was the champion. It's a really hard one. <laughs> <laughs> That I sort of thank you, thank you so so much. Thank you for for coming and doing this. This it really it means a lot, and this has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you for putting up with my cat. Um, It's been brilliant. I mean, he literally he looks a bit like a loaf of bread right now. (laughs) It's a beautiful creature. As as are you. As is everyone involved in the project. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm. Uh, I've been, is everything. My days nowadays are sort of back to back to back to back. Mm. And this has been a real sort of departure from that. I get. I get to get out of myself a bit. Oh, it's been brilliant. really nice. I'm so glad. Yeah. Thank you. Join me next week for the final episode of season two. It is a very special ending episode that I'm not going to tell you too much about because it can be a lovely surprise. <laughs>
<laughs> but please, please send your stories or get in touch at contact at whydothink.com or via direct message on Instagram. Trust me, everything is read, even if it's not responded to. Just put survivor story either at the top or in the subject line to have your story read on the podcast. We really, really want to hear from you, whatever it is, big or small, long ago, yesterday. It doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever you want to share, we're here for all of it. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and I'll talk to you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.